The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Roz and Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. And girl, I am super excited about this interview today. She should have been on the podcast by now, you know what I'm saying? But I'm so excited that she's here now. So I'm getting to interview my sister, my friend, uh, Tatum Tamia of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. So girl, we're going to talk about so much today. But go ahead and say hey, sis. Hey, everybody. I'm, I really can't believe I haven't been on here before. <laughs> like, it's Girl, kind of I know this is the first time. Girl, it has been up to the I was, when I thought I got asked you, I was like, Tatum has not been on the podcast. I need to ask this to be on here. Because I'm like, <laughs> you could, we could have five episodes yeah, of a real. bunch of stuff. So real. I brought you on because I wanted to talk a little bit about staying grounded. So I have been talking a little bit on the podcast about different topics related to mental health social media, all types of different things. But I think that a lot of times I want to also bring perspectives in here that are from people that I admire who are very grounded in what they do. So you, of course, are one of them. So we're going to talk about just your experience with growing your business, growing Mm -hmm. your relationship with God, all of the many hats you wear. So why don't you start with telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, everybody. I'm so happy to be on this platform. My name is Tatum Tamia Iomi K. I'm the host of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast, the CEO of Anchored Media, where we develop, produce, market, and manage podcasts, all the podcast things. And uh, now the CEO of a new business, Anchored Media Studios, that's to come. Yeah. Uh, outside of my hats I wear in my business, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, friend, all of the things. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even tell everybody. So Tatum also was a very big, and her business and her company was also a big part in growing therapy as a Christian. So if you are interested in anything related to podcasting, of course, I will always put um, her information down below. So yes, so you do wear many hats. You have many businesses now, businesses, period. Okay. Just two. Just two. We keep it at, keeping that two for now. (laughs) So the Lord says otherwise. Okay. So what got you started in business and ultimately wanting to start a business? Yeah, so I've always known I was going to be successful as a young at a young age. It was just a matter of like which avenue am I going to take? Mm-hmm. So I was exposed to entrepreneurship early on because my mother was in a network marketing company. So I was, I was exposed to what the freedom of your time looks like. 
So if I was faking sick, I could call her and she'll come get me from school. <laughs> if I was, if I needed something, she could bring it up to the school. I didn't have to deal with a lot of, you know, parents, they're at work, they can't take off or things of that nature. So I was exposed to what freedom of your time looks like. So when I, I just went through college and things, I still was in the mindset that I was going to work. You know, I wasn't against going into corporate America at all. I've always been a brand builder in a sense. So when I was in college, I had a blog where it was like an inspirational, motivational blog that grew, that grew really big um, on the campus. And then I was also helping with another entrepreneur on campus. They had a t-shirt clothing line and I helped with the marketing and helped them grow that on campus. So I've always been involved in business, but I wasn't necessarily sure if I was gonna be an entrepreneur, so to speak. And so um, once I graduated undergrad, I got in the workforce. I was like, okay, hold on now, this ain't it. So <laughs> in the first year I had four different jobs and I was like, okay, it's not, when I tell you I would quit in a heartbeat. Baby, I, okay. I would be like, this yes, is, I don't like this. I'm getting another job and I will move on. So after the fourth one, I was like, okay, I think I'm the problem. What, what's going on here? But what I realized is, you know, when you're in a, a cubicle, you're physically constricted, but I also felt like I was constricted to my job description. And I felt that I could do so much more. And I didn't like the corporate game that needed to be played in order to advance. And then being a minority in the workplace, I hated the environment because I'm from PG County, Maryland, where everybody Black. I went to an HBCU, everybody's black. I get into the workforce now, I'm the minority. I wasn't used to that. So I'm dealing with the microaggressions and comments on my, so I'm thinking about, oh, I got a new weave. Now I got to deal with the questions about that tomorrow or, mm -hmm. oh, I got braids. Now somebody going to say something about that. Mm -hmm. Just the whole culture of corporate America, me being a minority in it, I didn't like it. And thankfully my last job was very diverse. So I didn't have to deal with that. But just going through the different positions I had, I was like, it's me having to take off. You know, like I said, I was exposed to the freedom of my time, freedom of your time and what that could look like. So me having to get permission to take a day off, things like that. It just was not fitting for the life I was trying to live. And so I was like, okay, I want to be, I want to be an entrepreneur. And the first place I started was, what am I passionate about? What do I want to do? And at the time I really, really was passionate about helping teen girls. And I wanted to be um, two teens, what I needed when I was a teenager. And so I started a youth program. I decided to do it as a business and not a nonprofit. And as I was doing that, I realized, I mean, we grew very quickly. Like within the first year, um, I was a top 30 under 30 in the DC area. I was at speaking at the Congressional Black Caucus Weekend, which is a huge political event for black people in DC. I uh, was in an after-school program in a school and they continued to bring us back year after year. The girls, their uh, attendance was improving, behavior was improving. So we were very effective very quickly and really making a name for ourselves in the community. But what I realized is I, I liked the work. I didn't like the business. So I liked the results I was getting. I liked the rooms I was able to be in, but I didn't like convincing a school why they need to invest in something to help with the problems they were having in their, their teen girl group. So I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I, I enjoy the work, like I said, but I don't like the business side. 
So I decided to pivot. What I realized my core skill was is building brands and marketing is what I've always done. It's always been the, the root cause of any success that I've had. And so I was like, okay, I want to help small businesses with their branding and with, with their marketing. And I started forming that business and then podcasting came about because I was looking for an opportunity to build a brand online in a way that was going to benefit my business endeavor. So I started figuring out where was that going to be? I started looking at like YouTube. I was like, eh, don't really want to be on camera. Ain't trying to edit a whole bunch of videos. Maybe. It take too much stores on your computer. Computer slow. It take all day. No, I ain't doing all that. So then, <laughs> then I looked at social media. At the time, Instagram was that girl. So <laughs> I'm looking at Instagram. I'm like, yeah, no, don't want to do that either. Don't want to do. I never wanted to be on camera, which was a big thing. So I was like, uh don't want to be doing photo shoots all the time. This was really around that time where everybody was faking it till you make it, taking pictures in front of luxury vehicles that weren't theirs, like all of that fake private jets. That was where Mm -hmm. things were at that time. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I don't want to have my phone up to my face all day. The lifestyle or what I would have to do to be successful at it was not what I was willing to do. So I had to find something else. And that's where I looked at podcasting podcasting was very low cost to start it didn't have an algorithm that was that was controlling who was seeing what it I didn't have to be on camera so I could be in my bonnet at the kitchen table ain't nobody gonna see me Facts. <laughs> and it was a platform that was growing into its own industry so that was big for me too because it wasn't just a, a platform or a website or a space it was an industry and I saw a lot of my target audience moving into podcasting so, or listening to podcasts. So I had just started listening. A lot of my friends were like, oh, I've heard a podcast. Like, what's that? Everybody just realized this little purple app popped up on their phone and we're trying to figure out what it was. And so I, I saw it as a really good opportunity for me to be positioned in a space to where my target audience was growing. And that's when I started the podcast. Now on the back end, I was also growing in my relationship with God. I had started going back to church once I uh, came home from school. I was learning how to hear from God and just trying to figure out what building a relationship with God looks like for myself. And as I was doing that and growing in my faith, God began to really just show me his vision and his plan for my life. And so Long story short, that's how we ended up where we are today. So the podcast ended up switching over to Blessed and Bossed Up because at the time it, it was myself and a co-host talking about business. And God was like, uh, you kind of got it right. Yeah, you're supposed to talk about the journey because we were talking about the journey of entrepreneurship. And he was like, uh, yeah, journey entrepreneurship, but doing business my way. And I'm like, what? Okay. We're going to just do it because I, I don't know what's happening here, but we're going to just do it. And so um, that's when a podcast got switched over. I went through this season of having to shut down the coaching business I had and really just enter into this wilderness season where God was just preparing me and training me for where I am today and where I'm going. And um, yeah, then Anchor Media ended up coming about and things have just been fast paced ever since then. Yeah. And kind of talking a little bit, even before you kind of got into your relationship with God, I think one of the things you talked about was you were producing, like that has been a word that's been coming up for me constantly in my own personal, just spiritual journey with God. He's been saying a lot about producing 
and you didn't stop producing even when you were like what am I doing girl this don't make sense I don't know why I'm doing this even just doing the stuff with the teen girls even being in college starting Mm -hmm. starting is like the big part of it but also with doing those things you almost start to also cultivate the gifts that you're using now so for you when you started especially going into coaching and all that what was did you have any hiccups with starting did you ever feel like you were stalling or you wanted to do something else before you started because you had a lot of moments where you would start things and it will grow and it will grow really quickly did you ever have any problems or ever any uh, problems with starting um not necessarily starting I'm always I'm an executor and I don't like to talk about things too many times without them being done I start to get on my own nerves at that point (laughs) And so, <laughs> big girl, big fat talk. <laughs> Tatum, if you talk about this one more time, you ain't even done it yet. Like, girl, why are you still talking about this? Do it. Like, this is how I talk to myself, which is good sometimes, terrible others. <laughs> and so, um, my biggest hiccup, though, initially was always I'm very, very big on understanding what I'm getting myself into. I don't hop right into anything. I have to see. So I do my market research. I see what are the trends? What is what is it going to take for me to execute well and then decide, am I willing to do that? And sometimes you do have to start before you fully know. And I think that's also contributed to me pivoting, like I said, going from the youth program to coaching, where I, I did my initial research, you know, trying to figure out, is this going to be a nonprofit? Is this going to be a for-profit? What does it take to get contracts? What is the payment schedule? Do I want to deal with a net 90 life where I got to wait 90 days to get my money? Or do I want to get paid first? Mm -hmm. Do I have to do this proposal process? How long does it take for me to even be considered to get paid? And so just really all of those were the things that I looked into. And so after doing that and, and understanding what it was going to take to do it well, I went into it. And then after doing it, I'm very introspective. I always pay attention to, am I getting the results I want to get? And how do I feel about the work that I'm doing? And that's when I got to that part where I'm like, okay, I'm getting the results I want to get, but I don't like this business aspect. So this has to change. So then I start doing research on the next thing and then um, get started on executing with that. Yeah. And I think what you talk about with that is values, because I think over the course of time, value shift, especially one as a mom, as a wife, like your values when you are single versus when you get married versus when you have kids shift over time. How do you think your values have shifted and also drove what you are doing now and the way you even do your business now? I believe my core values have always been the same, you know, integrity, excellence. I always, I want to do everything well, just doing something is not good enough for me. It has to be done at a high level all the time. Um, that's just a personal standard of mine. Of course, integrity, being who I say I am, doing what mm-hmm. I say I'm going to do. Uh, faith, of course. I'm very big on communication. That's a core value of mine where I want to be clear, where, you know, internal communication or external communication. So my core values were always the same. What shifted was my priorities and then mm-hmm. having to align what I was doing to match those priorities. So when I got married, it really didn't change much because I was, I think I just quit my job um, when we got married. I can't remember. It might've been a year after the 
fact, but it wasn't a big transition because it was just us, you know, we can kind of do whatever DJ would travel for work. And so, because I, I didn't have a nine to five, I would travel with him. So he's in Ohio or something for work. I'm in Ohio too. So it was kind of fun more so than anything. Um, but I did have to have cutoff periods. So I'm like, okay, girl, you can't be into your computer until midnight. And then you up in front of the computer all day. Girl. That was just a small, like dated, small schedule thing. It really hit the fan when I had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> that is where it really hit the fan. And I think you just experienced another level of tired when you have a kid. I don't I, like... Oh my God. And just mental juggle. There's just not, I don't think there's anything that prepares you for the level of tired and the constant mental thing. Cause they grow so fast and you're trying to keep up with the growth while also trying to be like, okay, girl, what am I supposed to be doing again? Exactly. And then with your marriage, you know, your husband can be forgiving. Like I get it. I understand with this child, their childhood and their perception and their behavior and what they grow up to be is contingent upon what you do. So the stakes are kind of higher in a sense, because you can't just say, hey, I understand that you wanted some fruit snacks, but I had a call. They don't care about that. Maybe because Elijah right now is not eating anything. Girl, don't get me started on that. When I tell you, yesterday or two days ago, he literally threw his plate on the floor and I was looking at him like, do you not know how much like I don't I want to snatch you up right now but I don't snatch you up in general anyway but the fact that you're not eating anything I'm making is just it's the audacity for me (laughs) it's like this is perfectly good food people are hungry in Africa or wherever they are and you are not eating it's just yeah so it's just toxic toddlers they're just toxic girl Girl, yes but like it it just I think it's just like you said you're trying to keep up with the growth all the while maintaining the things you're doing and it's just another level of juggling and like you said priorities yeah and what's been big for me is whenever some type of change happens to the norm what I've gotten accustomed to now that makes things a lot easier is I always take a step back so with my son, I, I, I was naive. I thought, oh, I'm gonna be good. You know, I'm gonna have childcare. I'm gonna be able to, I was so naive. It didn't make any sense. So life had to humble me very quickly. Um, and so but the lesson I learned there that I discontinue is when something happens. So whether it's having a new child or family stuff comes up or whatever, I take a step back and say, okay, what can I, realistically do or how do I need to operate in a way to where I'm honoring my boundaries and honoring or honoring my priorities and honoring the things that I have to get done I come up with a plan execute that plan and then adjust as needed but just that taking a step back and kind of laying all the cards out on the table is so freeing for me so it eliminates the overwhelm and the feeling like I'm I'm my life is moving ahead of me. It allows me to really stay in control and structure with how I move throughout the day to day. I love that because I think what happens when there is no introspection and no self-awareness, emotion takes over. Right. And when emotion takes the, the seat, 
you you just flailing you just out here and you don't really like you said have any type of control and just really being aware for yourself again what is priority what can I realistically do gives yourself the opportunity to have grace because the stuff like the the stuff that we have to do doesn't stop the child especially the attention that's needed for them doesn't stop but the real reality of what you can do definitely has to like sometimes shift within that Yeah. And even the, how you're doing things has to shift too. So even when I had my son, one of the biggest stressors was that this isn't a scheduling problem. This is a, the, a business model problem. Girl, talk talk about it. Okay. So for those of you that don't understand business model, because this is not like a business podcast, business model is essentially like how your business is structured to one, bring in revenue. But it also equates to how, what time you're putting into your business, how much effort you're doing. And like, if you're spending 20 hours a week doing one thing, then you need to really look at how is your business basically structured to bring your revenue. And if you have to spend 20 to 30 hours a week doing one thing, that may not be helpful for you if you have a baby, if you're a stay-at-home mom, so on and so forth. So finding a way to create your business structure to where you can still bring your revenue without maybe having to put so much time and effort in. So that could go into hiring, that can go into delegation, all that kind of stuff. And Tatum could probably also explain business model as well um, and how she's going to explain it with creating that structure for your family. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head of what it is. And so what I did was I, I brought out my, my whiteboard and I wrote down every revenue stream that I had in my business. Then I wrote down everything I had to do to get the check. And it was way too much active income, not enough passive. Even the passive income was passive-ish because I had to work too hard to make the sale. I got to go live and extra podcasts and YouTube and all of that. So it's not even really passive. And that's the thing I believe so many people miss where you're like, oh, I I wrote a book that's passive income. You have to work to still get that sale. So the marketing effort also needs to be considered here. Anything that requires time for you to get that money, it needs to be considered. So I started looking at like the MRR, meaning it's monthly recurring revenue. So what what of my income is expected? It wasn't a lot of that there. So an example, when you buy a car, they make more money by having you sign up for their VIP service package than they do selling you the car because you now come to them every three months or so to get your oil changed, to get your car washes when your car needs to get fixed. That's monthly recurring revenue for them because they know that you have to keep coming back. That's way more valuable than how much they made on the car. And so with my business, I had to look at it the same way of what is going to require the minimum effort for me to make money? What can I make repeatable? What can I make expected? And I had to rework. Who do I need to hire and where do I need to put them? So my first hiring decision um, was marketing. A lot of people go straight to VA or administrative. Oh, if I can just get these tasks off. Yeah, but is that the best place that you need to allocate your resources to? Marketing is the vehicle that drives sales. So if I could have somebody else 
take care of the marketing, me organizing my emails. Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. That's Cause it's me. constant. Cause you're bringing in, then you're also bringing it with marketing. You're constantly always creating lead generation, which is ultimately going to always get customers, which ultimately is always going to be driving that reoccurring revenue in your business. Exactly. So now I'm of course, only I can come on the podcast or only I could be on camera, but I just show up and talk. Like I already know what I'm talking about because somebody else did it. I already know um, what platform is for. We have the itinerary down. Um, all of the content for all of our channels are already done. I just need to approve them, make any edits as necessary. So that is way more valuable. And I get that return on investment because I'm sending it, the money straight to something that is going to bring me more money back. So then when it came to like the administrative stuff, I didn't really need anybody that much for that. Like I can keep my own emails organized or forward them to whoever they need to go to. Mm -hmm. And so just really looking at the business model and making those adjustments was like key for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to, again, to introspection and having self-awareness. So, okay. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. So I want to talk a little bit about growth. Mm-hmm. especially public growth, mm-hmm. because I think now in the time that we're in, there's a lot of people who want public platforms and like the online space is just flooded with so many people. And sometimes people can often equate just having a public platform to success. And so, and, and, and I could talk about this all day, but how would you really kind of, and I think especially you having a public platform, how would you describe just remaining grounded in yourself, maintaining your values, priorities, while building a public platform where you are the talent and also the one running it at the same time? I don't get caught up in all of that. My goal, I never wanted a platform. My Mm. goal was always to be rich and regular. (laughs) That's it. I wanted a lot of money and for nobody to know who I am. I am an introvert. I don't care about you, having you No, know, you are an introvert, introvert. At heart, for real. Take <laughs> is chill. Okay. Now she be going off, but she chill. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Very chill. And because of that, I believe it just. I don't get, just really don't get influenced by any of that stuff. And I'm a true believer of if you live by the applause, you'll die by the booze. You can literally look at social media on a day-to-day to see how somebody can be so loved and supported by everyone and praised. Two seconds later, we hate them. They're canceled. People are fickle. And if you put your, your, value in the approval of people or the platform that you're going to build is going to destroy you. It's going to destroy your faith, your character, your mental health. Like all of that is, I'm so uninterested. And I do what I do because God told me to, because this was not my plan. It is my desire to please God. And the only approval that I need is his so that when nobody else seems to care what I have going on or my platform seems to be maybe going down or people don't like me no more, as long as he's pleased, I'm good. 
And when everybody else may be loving me, oh, this is so great, blah, blah, blah. I still don't care unless he's pleased because everybody else could be approving of what I'm doing and he's not. What does that mean for me? And so I think it's, in, it's important, especially in this age of like influencers and all of that to just, like you said, be grounded in who you actually are. And I'm so grateful that God showed me my identity in him. And he took me through that period where I shut my business down. It was basically me and him every day to where I got to know myself. You know, I had an idea of who I was and I've always been pretty confident in my abilities, but now I was able to learn about him and be confident in him and learn who I am and what my identity is because of who, who he says I am. And so that carries me through as my platform grows. And if it ever goes away, it'll continue to carry me through. Yeah. And I think one of the things you said, uh, and this has also been a thought on my mind recently too, is that. God is a dad. And because of that, he's not going to give us anything that's going to destroy us, especially if you have a relationship with him. Now, I don't know about all the people that, you know, don't have a relationship with him, but he is going to bring growth that you can handle and maturely handle. Now, if you take it into your hands, that's on you. But I think, like you said, if you are always living by what people are going to think of you or what they're going to say, whether they're going to listen, because there are a lot of times where people just don't listen and that's fine too. If you always live by that or how many views or how many likes, you're always going to be thinking about and being driven by that versus just doing it in obedience. And also too, there are times where within business, especially in growth, where there are times where you're like, I don't feel like doing this. I don't, yes. I don't feel like th- this is a lot. Like, I just don't even want to do this. Why am I putting a podcast out every week? I don't, like, girl, I don't want to talk to y'all. I don't want to talk to nobody, <laughs> but also understanding that the point of it is being obedient to God. And there's like a, there's another, there's a, just another drive when you know you're doing it with God versus doing it for yourself or other people. When you're doing it with God, it just becomes a different level of strength, but also, you just have, it, it doesn't then, I'm not doing it for anybody else. And so I think based in obedience, God does grow us, but it is important to not rely on other people because they're not, they're not the ones I had to stand in front of at the end of my life and mm-hmm. say what I did. And I think that becomes more of, I want to serve the true living God. I'm not here to serve people for their own gain I'm here to serve God for the gain of whatever he desires yeah so when I think that becomes your why it becomes less about whatever is cute or whatever and I think I learned that more recently when I stopped coaching because the constant cycle of having to launch and do all of those things became like trendy or doing the trendy things versus like also, what is it that I really want to do? I don't always want to be in front of my phone. I don't always want to be in front of my um, camera and really getting deep into like what I really want to do, what is what I'm supposed to do, what am I called to do versus what's trendy. Um, and I think that it's sometimes necessary to really know that so you can really get back to what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So for you, talk about some of the practical things then that people should have foundationally like very practical to stay grounded. And you can talk about for you. 
I would first say figure out what is going to protect that groundedness in a sense. So for example, for me, when we did our tour in 2019, that was my first time meeting a lot of the people who've been impacted by the podcast in person. How was that for you? Oh, it was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) One, it was a faith journey because God had me going on tour when I had no money and I'm trying to figure out how was that going to happen. So that was a whole faith journey in and of itself. Yes. So, but getting to each city, it was just like an out-of-body experience because again, with a podcast, you're just talking to yourself most of the time and uploading it. But and I could see the number, so I know how many people are listening, but this was my first time hearing people's stories in person and seeing them and seeing the praise and how the podcast has impacted them and all of that. So for me, it was a lot because I'm an introvert. So it was definitely overwhelming, but uh, I'm also a professional and I don't mind being in a room full of people or speaking in front of people. So when I'm in professional mode, the introvertedness kind of goes away, but um Something that I always did after the tour is I retreat by myself, I fast, and I pray. I don't just go straight back into business as usual. I don't give myself time to really soak in any of that, like, because it's, it's not about me. And I'm very, very intentional about that. So that's been huge for me is even when we have our podcast retreats, I take a week off afterwards every single time. And I just relax. I refill, I fast, I pray. I when I, as soon as I get back to my room, especially on the tour, I was like, God, are you proud of me? And I wait to hear that approval. And then all is good in my book. So just taking time to, to when I'm in the settings where there's a lot of people that I may have impacted in some type of way, I always go back to seclusion. And Jesus did the same thing. And I look at seeing how Jesus was so influential. Like he really performing some. Jesus was out there performing signs, miracles, and wonders. What are we really doing? You know what I mean? He had to tell people to go to not go tell people about what he did because he did so much. Like, okay, so what we're, doing, what we're doing is it any, any is it really anything? But <laughs> but though, looking at the life of Jesus, he went and prayed and fasted. He mm-hmm. retreated, and so I look at that and, and really just studying the word as the blueprint. So practically, I would say when you're in a position where you have reached a certain level of influence, have those moments where you're away from that and you're connected with your true value source, which is God, your family. You know, creating those things where you're constantly in tune with your core values and what really matters the most and not all of that stuff. Um, I would also say if you're in a position where maybe you want to be farther along and you may be triggered by certain analytics or not having the influence more so on the opposite side, remove yourself from that stuff and get into the practice of is what I'm doing approving to God and getting used to being okay with that. And the only way you're gonna get used to being okay with that is by just doing it and not paying attention to the result. Mm -hmm. So how you operate really depends on what season you're in, but the root of all of that is staying in tune with who you actually are and staying connected to God. And what that looks like practically too is also like, if your triggers are doubt and fear, what brings that up for you and really making sure you guard your heart 
and guard that space and keep it sacred. What keeps you in a place of faith, what keeps you in a place of belief, what keeps you in a place of confidence and doing the things that work for that consistently, because it's easy for those things to fall off because you'll find that there might be seasons, especially as you're growing, where you're just like, again, what am I doing? How And, and wanting to get back to that center point but you have to do those things consistently to maintain and really create some level of sustainability. And so also like with growth and and even with this too, is really walking in faith because a lot of times, baby, like walking in faith and doing a lot of things, especially in business comes with a lot of frustrations and sometimes resistance. Like you often find like, how is this going to work? How is this going to happen? lot of hows and whys or even just where is this going to come from like where where is this growth going to happen if this is the thing I'm supposed to do so talk about for you like how can people or even yourself how do you maintain your emotions throughout that growth because emotions can get the best of us if we let them absolutely I feel that when a thought comes in that is let's say doubt or fear or something. I believe that there's a very short period of time that you have to address it before it takes root and become true to you. Mm. So it could be as simple as that's a lie. And that's it. You move on. It didn't even fully hit nowhere. That's a lie. Or if if it's the, I can't do this. I could do all things through Christ Christ who strengthens me. God said that his word will never return back to him void. Faith is the confidence of things hoped for and assurance of things unseen. So that's what I'm going to do. Like just really talking back to whatever tries to implant itself in your mind and using the word of God as your, as your sword, you have to know the word of God to be able to use it. Mm -hmm. So that's a big part of it is studying the word to where it's true for you, not secondhand scripture to where you've heard it enough times, or you may have heard phrases Mm. in scriptures that ain't Mm. even really getting in. But um, earlier on though, I got this book It's called the power of speaking God's word by Joyce Meyer. It's a very small book. You could fit it in your purse. And it's essentially just scriptures that are categorized. So if you're dealing with fear, you go to page 10, there's a bunch of scriptures on fear. So using a tool like that can be helpful if you don't have the immediate memory of certain scriptures for each situation. Having that is very helpful for you to like go to. Something that I do is I always, I keep God's track record. So anytime something is scary or, um, you know, fear or just anything tries to take root, I remind myself of what God's already done. And so I allow my faith muscle to continue to be built by putting myself in remembrance on what he's done. The last time I felt like this and he brought me through the last time I didn't know how it was going to work out. And it did. Those are just a couple of practical things that I think will be helpful for anybody who's dealing with that. Um, you know, just those negative thoughts or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then lastly, I want to talk about accountability and like people in your life and people in your circle. Um, because I think, especially when it comes with growth, there's oftentimes people that stay with us and people that don't and what that looks like and how it changes. So talk about that for yourself. Like how is accountability important to you, but also the people you keep around you, the people who stay in your ear, the people who are praying for you, like how important that is for you and also how it shifted. It it definitely shifts based on the season that I'm in. I'm a big relationships person. 
I nurture because I am an introvert. Once I build a relationship with somebody, I'm very loyal. Um, I care about people and, you know, maintaining relationships. I have friends that we've been friends since middle school, like literally every stage of my life, <laughs> those people mostly, most of the time are still around. We maintain those friendships for decades. And so I think relationships are very important to have just in general. So that's a part of too, going back to being grounded, what keeps me grounded. Cause my friends from middle school could care less about what's happening on blessed and ball stuff. Like, and baby, you need those people who do not care about anything you're doing business-wise. You need people that you can kiki kaka with about absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like you need that. And some people who will call you on your stuff, all of that. Um, so for me, I've had friendships that have maintained and then I've had seasons where God always sends me exactly who I need in certain seasons. Mm-hmm. So God has always sent me... Um, like mother figures when I've needed them over the years. God has always sent me people who were wiser than me that have poured in. Some have stuck around, some haven't, um, but he always just sends me exactly who I need. Uh, so I think the foundation though, a big part of that, and I, I believe it because I'm an introvert, this helps me. So for someone who isn't and you're more extroverted and you love to connect with people, you have to protect that in a sense to make sure you're not just latching on to any and everybody and you're paying attention to people's patterns, people's behaviors. What are they saying about other people when they're not in a room? Just being observant that, yeah, they say they're a Christian, but are they really living that out? Is that just really paying attention and determining the quality of somebody's character before you allow them to be attached to you in any type of way. Also, self. this is where self-awareness comes in as well. Are you trauma bonding with somebody and now you've built this toxic relationship that's not beneficial for either one of you? Do you have codependency issues? And so you latch on to people so you're not by yourself. Um, what are your relationship characteristics that you have within yourself? Really understanding those things and, um, allowing that wisdom then to guide you. But outside of that, I mean, I've always, I think I'm in a season now where I'm, I need relationships right now that I don't necessarily have. And that's put me back in a position. So for example, more so business, I'm in a place in my business to where I'm trying to build something that's bigger than the people that I know are trying to build. You know, most of my entrepreneur friends, they're successful, but they're like, you know, I do my part. We make a lot of money, but we got a small team, maybe some contractors here and there. I'm trying to build like a huge conglomerate with multiple parts. A lot of people who work for the company, like just the level of what I'm trying to build is bigger than what I've seen. And sometimes I find myself like, oh, who can I talk to about this particular issue? Like it's this gap in the business model that I want to fix and I, I need some feedback for it. Or I'm trying to raise funding and not bootstrap this new venture. So how do I go about an investor pitch? What does that look like? And so a lot of things in this season, I have just had to trust God with and allow him to fill any gaps of relationships. And that's something that I want you guys to take to heart too. Sometimes it has to just be you and God Mm -hmm. so that he can work through any of any internal things that needs to get worked on and address anything with you and then let him bring who needs to be brought into your life from there. But just don't be quick to jump in with anybody without just really testing their character a little bit. And that's not putting them through no tests, just paying attention. Like don't be out there like, forcing people to do anything, but just paying attention, um, but staying connected with God above all. And then he'll start to show you who you need when, and if there are any gaps, he'll fill them. 
Yeah. And I think kind of what you described in a number of ways is growth can also be lonely in certain seasons where you are having to really be with God and, and not think that you're doing anything wrong, but that it's sometimes just like a holding space for now. And that doesn't mean that other things won't come, but like, how is your character being built in this lonely space before you're brought to a space where you can have people? Because I think, again, it goes back to that grounding place of not being easily influenced, not being brought to a place to where other people's hands get put on stuff. Because especially when you're doing things in faith, God will give you these huge ideas that sometimes feel intimidating is not the word I want to use, but I feel like that's the best way to describe it. It just feels intimidating to, to like step out and do it. And you don't really have a lot of navigation. And so there are times where you have those relationships that you can kind of talk about different things with, but in those cases, kind of what you're describing growth can often feel lonely and it's not anything you're doing wrong. It's just the season that it is. Um, And be comfortable, y'all, with having those seasons where God builds your character because you need those seasons to go forward and do the other things. It's not punishment. It feels like that sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it's not punishment. It's just necessary for where you're going so that you don't, because again, growth is helpful, but God will not put us in a place where we're growing like super fast and it destroys us because again, we're still flesh we still have attitudes. And I think at the, at the point of being able to handle it with integrity and maturity, because maturity is a big thing when it comes to this, like you don't get to handle six figures, seven figures and be extremely immature. I mean, if you probably could, if you were connected to God, but, but that checkpoint is super real when you're doing it with him. And so I think it's important to know that so that you don't feel like you're going to be destroyed um, in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, Tatum, I appreciate you, sis. This was good. This was so good. Um, so tell the people where they can find you at and all of that good stuff. Yep. Of course, you guys can subscribe and listen to the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can follow me on IG at Tatum Tamia, T-A-T-U-M-T-E-M-I-A. And if you're interested in podcasting, you can go to anchoredmedia.com. Please go, okay? I just need y'all to know, go to the podcast Godfather, okay? Because <laughs> that's who she is, okay? I love y'all and we'll talk next week. Bye. <laughs>